Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Welcome today to another episode of Pastoring on Purpose. Today is our first episode of Season 3, and so it's good to have you with us. My name is Dr. Tim Manis. I am the Pastoral Care Spirit Care Director here at Ministerial Care. And to my left is my colleague, Raymond Culpepper II, our Restoration Director. Say hello to everybody, Raymond, and let everyone know what you've been up to lately. Hello, and uh, we've just been trying to do restoration processes here and uh, had a couple of meetings that have gone through, but it's going pretty normal here for it. That's awesome. You know, uh, when you talk about restoration, we kind of just brush over that word sometimes, not really think about the meaning of that. But I'm glad that we serve a God that restores, and I'm glad that we have a church that believes in restoring. And, and so what a great ministry. Jeff, my other colleague here, Dr. Jeff Sargent from Lee University, say hello to everybody and let us know how things are going for you. Papa, Grandpa, <laughs> have we got there yet? Getting used to it? Well, uh, getting used to that. Hello. It's good to be back at the microphone uh, and, and things at Lee University are going really well. We're in the middle of a semester. I've just returned from uh, Simisud, which is our uh, seminary down in Ecuador, the Church of God Seminary and that. Uh, Ecuador and just spent oh, five days teaching some wonderful, wonderful students from all over South America, Latin America, and it was just a wonderful experience and getting to know the new president, Nelson Pereira, at, uh-huh. uh, at that uh, seminary. It's just it's a wonderful group of people down there. But yes, being grandpa, yes, yeah. coming back and seeing my granddaughter who met me at the airport, uh, Everly, yes, I'm embracing that identity. Right. Getting there. Yes, yes. I mean, she's wonderful. I, she, she's great. It's just embracing my own personal identity and being a grandfather. I understand. Yes, you different. can counsel me through that. Yeah, well, I don't know if we have enough time for that today. But, <laughs> That'd be two, three uh, maybe, episodes, yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe sometime, right? You know, because I, I see Facebook pictures of you and the grandbaby, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, it's just, she's already got you wrapped around her finger. She does. She's beautiful. That's and why so, I post pictures of her. There you go. So, Proud Papa. We have a very special episode today, and so uh, we have Macy Jones with us from Lee University. Before we get into this wonderful interview, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Macy Jones. Stay with us. Pastoring on Purpose is a production of the Center for Ministerial Care, a ministry of the Church of God. Welcome back to this episode of Pastoring on Purpose, and it is an honor to have Macy Jones with us. We're talking about Gen Z. Macy is, I thought you were 19 years old. You're actually 18, which was even more shocking because I heard a sermon of you preach uh, at a friend of mine's church. He was interning at a Methodist church, and a couple of things that stood out about that with me is one, it was 26 minutes, which was amazing. A lot of pastors take 26 minutes to get through their introduction, and it was it was so good. The, the theology of it, the way you composed it, the way you communicated it, I loved it. And quite frankly, it's probably better than what I would have done at your age. It's probably better than what I would do now. And so she's also a student at Lee University. She's a pastoral ministry major, and we're really excited to have her talk about her calling and and ministry. Thanks for being with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I'm just honored to be here and to just share in this conversation. This is something 
that I'm passionate about and just getting the word out to those that um, feel a calling to ministry and especially young women. Yeah, I'm just excited. I, I saw an advertisement online with you and Pastor Sandra Kay. Yeah at North Cleveland, and let's talk about that for a moment because you all are going to have a conference coming up. We have an event coming up called Conversations About Calling, and it's honestly just to bring awareness to young women that feel calling into ministry. So the conference is basically just us coming together as women to encourage each other, um, those that feel a calling, because sometimes we feel kind of marginalized and, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes forgotten about. And so this is just going to be a place for us to come together and encourage each other, empower each other, um, remind each other of the worth that we have, but also the callings that we have and um, the authority that the Lord has given us. When is this event again? This event is going to be in February, so okay. it's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, towards the end of February, I'm hoping, maybe? Yes, okay. yes, sir. Yeah, and so you'll want to be able to check that out. And I think also, you know, when you talk about that, Macy, you know, I've got a 14-year-old daughter, and I, I, I believe that God calls all of us. Yes. And you talked about kind of feeling marginalized, mm-hmm. you know, um, do you see that with a lot of your peers um, that's feeling called into ministry that maybe um, they question or whether it's going to be difficult for them to find a place in ministry within the church today? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us, not only do we have this idea of you know young people cannot speak up or young people cannot do ministry, but it's also women. Yeah. And um, I think some of our culture shapes that idea. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes the church has taken that on, and Mm -hmm. um, that's just something that we are wanting to raise awareness of. And I think the more that we do that, the more that people will come alongside of us and partner with us and say, hey, we we got you. You know, we know that you have a voice. And so I just appreciate this opportunity because it's doing just that. Well, that's why we want you here, because we want to have these kind of discussions. I think it's really important for us to hear from our younger uh, ministers, male and female. Jeff, let me just kind of go to you for a moment, because you you are a professor at least. You you work with a lot of, obviously, college students. Um, Is this something you see quite often, uh, this feeling of marginalized? Of course, I have the privilege of working with young men and women who are discovering their callings. And as they do that, they're looking for models, they're looking for avenues, Mm -hmm. they're looking for options because they don't know. They've got this heart, they've got this calling, but where where do I take that calling? And what I do hear from time to time, especially from uh, female students, is that uh, they feel limited. They may feel a calling to do something beyond what is traditional, all right? And so to to give you an example, traditionally, they might be expected to be members of the choir, to be members of the of the children's ministry, and Mm -hmm. that's a gifting that many women have and do really well. What's wrong with that? However, I may feel a calling to speak from the pulpit or to 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 be an exhorter, right, in some kind of capacity, or serve in a leadership role that, mm-hmm. that traditionally may be uh, assigned to men. And so they ask me, "What am I supposed to do with this?" I, I honestly feel like this is where the Lord is leading me, but there doesn't seem to be an, an avenue or a model for me to follow. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, and that's, that's what I'm seeing. Is that similar to what you're talking about when oh, you sure. filling the marginalization uh, in, in, in your experience? For sure, because there's always opportunities, you know, for us to, you know, do ministry, but it's this idea of, oh, but only this type or yeah. only this kind. It's kind of limiting what we feel the Lord is calling us to. And so I definitely agree with that. What can we do um, to provide a model to help, what can we do more as a church to help our younger ministers and specifically help our younger females? So I think, first of all, raising awareness like we are now. Um, Another thing would be education, Mm -hmm. Um, educating those that may not be aware of people that have already gone before us and have prepared the way. Um, I think that's super important. You know, some of the early church movements involved women. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of times people aren't aware of that, and it's important that we share that and raise awareness um, within the church, but also just, you know, within individual lives. I think so much of what we define as ministry is just a self-made prison in our minds and how we think about it. Jesus never went into a pulpit in a Church of God church. Yeah. The word counselor is in the Bible 133 times. I like it. So there is a lot of ministry that is done if you're able to escape those prisons and start to do ministry and connect with people the way Christ did it. Oh, yeah. So I think that that it's an open open range regardless of your age, gender, doesn't matter. Uh, Ministry is something I believe we are all called to do, and the Bible talks about doing everything as though you're doing it unto the Lord. We're going to be playing a little bit of a a few clips from your sermon uh, that I listened to. Something that I was reminded of this week is that when we remain in his love, we make room for his love to remain in us. When we make room for God's love to remain in us, our hearts begin to look like his heart and our desires begin to uh, become his desires and our appetite hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord. You could even say remain or abide in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And I feel like many people, including myself, have often gotten caught up in this scripture and just read the last part of the verse and skipped the first part. People wonder why they don't get all that they desire when they ask the Lord. Well, this scripture says that we first delight ourselves in the Lord. And as we do that, his desires will become our desires. And then he will give us those desires that he has placed in us. This is why Jesus says, verse 7 of John chapter 15, that if we remain in him and his words remain in us, We can ask whatever we wish, and it will be done for us. When Jesus remains in us, we can speak a better word. We can know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and we can live from his love. In this sermon, you talk about the difference between from his love versus for his love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of share with the audience, those who are listening right now, what's the difference for us to be motivated from his love or for his love? 
Yeah, so that whole message kind of came from a place where when I was younger, I always felt I had to earn God's love. You know, I had to work for it. And I don't know if that was the environment that I was in or if that was just something that came from myself feeling like, okay, if I do this, if I read enough scripture, if I listen to enough worship music, then I will be loved. But I came to this realization that we shouldn't be living that way as Christians. You know, we can be living from His love, knowing that we are loved. And when we realize we're loved, we want to do those things. We want to live right. We want to love other people. And so that's where that whole idea came from, is I felt like I was just striving to be loved instead of realizing, okay, I'm already loved, and I can live from that instead of living for that. Uh, It's not as much task-oriented in the fact that I have to do more to earn it. Right. Right? Yeah. It's that it's already there. There's nothing we can do more or less, quite frankly, that's going to cause Him to love us any more or less. Right. Yeah, that really stuck with me because I think later on in the sermon, you even talk about the fact of feeling like we always have to do more. Yes. It's never enough. and. We've talked about it briefly, Raymond and Jeff, but we do have a lot in ministry. A lot of our ministers feel like whatever they're doing and they're calling, it's never enough. That is a message we need to get out there more often because I feel like we're modeling, at least in our culture, a culture of workaholism and stressaholics. Oh, for sure. Especially in my generation, it's, you know, the question is always, how are you doing? And the answer always seems to be, well, I'm tired Mm. or I'm worn out. I'm too busy. And I struggle with that. And I have to remind myself of this idea that I don't have to earn it, you know? And you can still be busy, not saying that that's bad, but there's a balance. There's definitely a balance there. You know, Dr. Stone over at Lee... I do not. One of my favorite sayings, he actually coined it, and it framed this whole topic here. He always used to say, God is good, and God is in control, so we can let go. I've always remembered that. He would just say it every now and then. It's just a little statement, but it it assures you that you can't earn the single greatest act of love in human history or all history. You just have to accept that and let it change who you are. Exactly. It's difficult as a human not to evaluate yourself on your behavior because this is what we observe in others. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what we know. We see other people behave and we watch ourselves behave. Mm -hmm. And now with social media and our presence online, we have extended that. So I see not only what I do and what I don't do, I see what others do. And they post what appears to be something they're doing well and exceeding at or succeeding at. And, and so I think that makes it more challenging. The challenge is I'm human, and I pay attention to my own behavior and other people's behavior, and it's hard. And, and I can imagine being part of your, your generation that this, this ever-presence and ever-mindfulness of oneself online, I wonder how that actually impacts this that you're talking about. I also think that that plays a part in our calling because when we start looking at other people and you know how they're doing, what are they accomplishing, we start to compare our callings to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is you know, dangerous territory when we get into that because we start thinking about 
will they approve of us? Mm. Am I doing the right thing? Instead of asking the Lord, you know, what are you calling me to? Wow. Yeah. We start asking other people for their approval. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and I was thinking about this in church the other day. Okay. So even before social media, I remember the number of times I've been in a church service where the person who's been called in the ministry, more often than not, it was men, young men. This young man's been called. He's accepted the call. Everybody would applaud and, and, and pray for this person. And I would sit there and think, I haven't been called, and what am I being called? I haven't been called to be like this person. Am I a wretch? Am there something wrong with me? And you're talking about comparing. Yeah, that's where that comparison began. And I'm not saying that the church is wrong for doing that. In fact, we should do that, and we we should uh, make a public display of of people's callings. However, you sit there privately, and I'm not called to the pulpit. I'm not called to go on the mission field. What am I called to do? Maybe I miss my calling. Yep. Do you see that today with what Jeff is saying in regards to social media? Do you feel like social media is supposed to kind of make us feel, in a sense, connected? But I feel like, do you think it makes us feel more disconnected at times? Yeah, sometimes I think that it does more harm than good. Yeah. Um, Because we always say that, you know, social media is for community, but it actually breaks up community a lot Mm. of times. Wow. And it leaves that room for comparison and something that I've always heard, and I'm sure most of you have, um, comparison is the thief of joy, Mm. especially in the life, in our lives, but in the process of discovering our calling, because we lose sight of why we're doing it and who we're doing it for. And so I definitely see how social media plays a part in um, just that dissatisfaction and um, disunity within um, the community, but also the body of Christ. You are a student at Lee, but you're also a worker at North Cleveland, and Mm -hmm. you're highly involved in the youth group there and doing ministry. And so kind of share with us a little bit about what you do there, what you're, you know, kind of give us an idea of what Macy is involved with. So I have just been privileged to have the opportunity to lead a ninth grade girls small group. And that is something that has just come full circle for me because most of my role models and leaders growing up were my small group leaders. Mm. And so to be that for young girls has just been something that the Lord has blessed me with. And I feel like I have a voice in their life, which I do not take that lightly. Um, But it's something that the Lord has given me the opportunity to do. And I just... I'm so grateful for that, but also carry the responsibility of that. What would you say? What would you tell me to say to my students as they're seeking their calling? What What have you discovered that you would, would suggest that I should share with them to help them on this journey? Yeah, so I've definitely been there when people ask, you know, what do you want to do with your life? That's the most intense question, and it's asked probably about 500 billion times before you enter college. But... I would say take it one day at a time. Um, a lot of times we define calling as some our vocation or something that we are going to do in the future, but we have a calling from the Lord like here and now. Our calling is to love Him and to love others. That's first and foremost. Our vocation comes as we do that. So it may be revealed to you all at once, but it may come day by day, step by step. And that's what the Word says, that His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So as we walk, He's showing us the way. 
we may not see it all at once. And that's something that I struggled with growing up because I would hear people say, okay, I'm, I'm called to preach. I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to this. Well, I didn't have that moment. It's been step by step. And um, the process may be long, but that's something that it's a trust process with the Lord. And I believe that it's um, beautiful because you're able to say, okay, Lord, I'm yours today. Do what you want with me today. Yeah. And then the rest will come later. You didn't have that one moment then, like when you right. was 15 or 14 and there's an altar call and you just felt God calling you into ministry. It right. was it was a slower process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people feel that pressure to say, oh, there was that one moment, that one experience. I heard the voice of the Lord say, yeah. go and do this. <laughs> well, I felt that pressure, but it's not always like that. Yeah. It's, you know, these small acts that you do that you're like, okay, that brings me passion. Like, I love doing that. I feel like those are inclinations to what the Lord might be calling you to do. And, and, and your response, something that really resonated with me, was, was the separation of vocation from calling. Mm-hmm. Our society keeps transmitting to us, especially my students, Yeah. Uh, what's your vocation? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get out of college? And that, that's the pressure they feel. And, and your statement, it's, it's beautiful. It, it, it separates that, and I think accurately separates that. And, and then talk about step by step. Yeah. So your name wasn't something before, and you were on your way to Damascus, and it changed, and there was a whole different light. It wasn't <laughs> right. one of those experiences. Actually, you can be called without that happening. Yes. That's amazing. I think that's yeah. beautiful. That's it is. Beautiful. It is. Not, not, not everyone has that Damascus Road, Paul moment. I know. Yeah. I think many of us are looking for it. I know. We and want it. Was, it. And some of us, I think we want it because it would feel, seem easier, right? It right. does. And I think there are moments of it. There's moments of revelation from the Lord, but it may not be your whole life. And that's something, you know, that I've had to come to terms with is God may be calling me to something right now, Mm. but for my future, it may just be, you know, one year at a time. You just never know. And so that's what you have to do is just daily walk with the Lord and he, he will reveal that to you. So do you mind you just, yeah. just tell us some more about your calling? Yeah. So growing up, I I've grown up as a PK. So I grew up with my family in ministry. I always was with them, volunteering, doing things at the church. I was there pretty much all the time. It was like my second home. And when I was growing up, I would get tired of ministry a little bit. And so I thought to myself, I don't want to do this when I get older. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but not this. Like, no way I'm going to do this, right? Right. And so it's funny how this has all happened. But um, when I started getting into high school, I'd say I really started taking ministry on as my own. So instead of it being my parents' ministry, I would volunteer, like, in middle school or, you know, different areas. And I started realizing like, I have a passion for this. Like I love speaking and I love sharing the word of the Lord. And I realized that was something the Lord was calling me to. It wasn't something that I felt pressure from those around me um, that I did, that maybe I had felt growing up um, unintentionally from the people around me, but just kind of the pressure that I put on myself, I think. But It wasn't necessarily this moment in time, like we had said before. It's been this gradual passion that's grown inside of me. And every time, 
like every time that I share the word or every time that I feel like I'm pursuing that calling, it's kind of like this confirmation from the Holy Spirit and even from those around me who have just confirmed that calling. They haven't called me, but they have confirmed it. I believe the Lord puts people in your life to do that. Um, I don't know. It's just been just a process of little things here and there, just reassurances from the Lord saying, okay, this is the, this is the place that I want to take you. Wow. Wow. Very good. Very good. And uh, Macy, I just can't thank you enough for being with us today. It is an honor to have you. And I'm honored to be here. And I think, quite frankly, talking about that process, our younger ministers need to hear that, but I think all of our ministers yeah. need to hear that. I, I constantly feel like, like you said, it's, it's a process. And to hear that testimony of yours, beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful. And so thank you for being with us. What's a way for our audience if they wanted to try to get a hold of you or book you or anything like that? <laughs> How uh, Kind of let yeah. us know. So I am on social media, um, on Instagram, Facebook. My full name's Macy Jones, but I think my Instagram is Mace Jones. So M-A-C-E. And, um, yeah, that'd be a good way to reach me, a direct message or any kind of, yeah. Awesome. I think it's great. The whole topic is awesome to me. It's always been a a real thing. I mean, God used a donkey. Right. If we're willing to do what he has for us to do, he'll put us in those places. Right. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. I appreciate the whole conversation. I think it's valuable. Well, Macy, I will say this. I'm going to, if it's okay with you, Stay in contact with you, kind of yeah. uh, be a consultant, if you will, because I need to be around that Gen Z generation as well. I need that input. I need a different perspective. Right. Okay. And um, I, and so I may be reaching out to you for that, if that's okay. I'd love that. And right. I need you guys' generation. Thank we- you. We need each other. Absolutely, we do. And, uh, well, good. Well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back uh, with Raymond's recap. Like that? Uh, Right after this uh, quick commercial. You've been listening to Pastoring on Purpose, a podcast of the Center for Ministerial Care. We talk with pastors, church staff, and mental health professionals about what it's really like to lead and serve a congregation. From pastoral burnout to boundaries, the pressing issues of leadership to the pertinent little details that help a body progress, we're here to help you be a healthier leader, pastor, and person. Welcome back to Pastoring on Purpose. And Raymond, kind of just give us a recap, uh, something that our listeners can take away. What can we, uh, how can we apply this episode to our lives? Uh, I think you can apply this not just for younger people in ministry. I mean, that that was kind of something that we talked about as being a a key point here for having you. I don't think that applies to just younger people in ministry. I think that applies to ministers. It applies to all Christians. I think all Christians are called to minister to people. Yeah. Uh, And I believe that the way that happens is like you're saying, it's kind of a uh, a light that, that you just... The path is lit for you. Uh, and if we're willing, then God will use that, and you will find you know when what you're doing is being anointed or not. Right. You can feel that, and God will use those things. So I think this is a valuable thing, not just for younger people, but for everybody, uh, for ministers out there that are listening. All of their members should hear this and take an active role. 
uh, I used to do a thing called uh, Stephen Ministry, where you train people in caregiving so that they could then go and they could provide care for other people in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Christianity should be that way. I believe that's the model that Jesus made for us. Yeah. We care for one another and Absolutely. bear one another's burdens. Right. That's a ministry. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is something for everybody. And so, well, thank you for being with us today on this episode of Pastoring on Purpose. Once again, Macy, it's an honor. We've already talked during the break. We're going to have you back. We're going to have a part two. Is that okay? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm this honored. This is so good. And let me just say to all of our listeners out there, there's always things that we can improve upon. There's things that we can always, whether it be personal, corporate, do better. And I want to encourage you out there to embrace those that are called. I want, you, I want to encourage you out there to help one another, affirm one another. And we are excited to be able to have an opportunity to listen. And that's one thing that I think sometimes we forget in ministry. It's not just about preaching. A big part of our ministry should be listening. Listening to that voice, that other voice. And allow the invisible presence of the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do a work and Macy, you have ministered to me today. I feel encouraged. I feel, I feel great today because really, quite frankly, of being able to hear your testimony, your story, um, and I'll say this, when I was your age, man, I was nowhere near where you're at right now, and quite frankly, you're probably smarter than me now. So anyways, thank you for joining us today on Pastoring on Purpose. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pastoring on Purpose. Join us next time as we continue our purposeful progress to becoming better pastors and people.